Hello and welcome to the Pretty Little Design Show, where we talk about all things to do with running your business selling clip art collections online. I'm your host, Matt, and I'll be joined by my wife, Chris Lauren, of Pretty Little Lines. Enjoy the show. And now <laughs> it's time to relax. <laughs> Not you, you're irritating. Hey everyone, welcome to the show, Pretty Little Design Show. Today we're going to talk about the seven tools uh, for making watercolor art that you can't live without, though it's seven plus one, so we've already decided that we added another one. one. Why don't we get right into it? Well, first I'd like to ask you how you are this week. Well, I'm great. I'm just fantastic, actually. How about you? I'm great. I'm sitting beside you. It's always well, a good thing. Exactly. Looking at your gorgeous face. Oh, it is. It is a thing of beauty. Pretty breathtaking, mm. I say. If I do say so myself. <laughs> as is yours, you're not so hard. Oh, well. You're not so hard on the oh, ass yourself. Thanks. Yeah. Love you. Love you, too. <laughs> um, anyways, let's get into it and start off with the... First thing that is that you can't live without Ooh. to make watercolor clip art. That is quite a bold statement that you can't live without them. But <laughs> well, you can't paint without. You can't paint without them. Let's maybe maybe we should change the title. Yeah, yeah. Not as it's not as clickbaity though. I don't think that can't paint without. Can't live without is right. It's more desperation. Sure. <laughs> Anyways, with that, let's get into it and talk about the first thing. Sounds good. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about what are, like I said, what are the seven tools to make watercolor clip art that you can't live without. You're mm-hmm. currently doing a watercolor package right now. Yeah, a floral watercolor package. It'll be out at the end of January, beginning of February. What would be the, the sort of seven things? Is it just literally just seven or... No, you know what, just while you were saying that, I thought there's probably one more that I haven't written down, but it would be inspiration. It's probably a good idea to uh, know what you like to paint. Mm, Yes. (laughs) That always helps. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So I look for inspiration. Well, depending on what you're doing, if you're doing something that's in nature, then of course nature would be an obvious one. Um, Right. But obviously um, Pinterest is a huge source of inspiration but um can be a little bit of a wormhole where you might get stuck there and you kind of want to look a little bit but then not too much because you don't want to be get stuck comparing yourself or um you know i don't know um but uh normally when i'm doing florals of course i i do use reference materials that are just actual photographs of flowers Okay. And leaves and stuff just to, uh, yeah, get the general general idea of what you're wanting to create. So that always helps, just getting some pictures in your mind or literally looking at them. That would... That would While uh, you paint, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, unless you can just... You can do it. Well, once you do it enough, but I think it's always a good idea to have reference photos. Right. Just to see how... Well, if you're doing a rose, how naturally the folds work and stuff. And mm-hmm. once you do do it a few times, you do kind of get used to that and it becomes more just uh, stuck in your brain. You know, practice, if you do it a lot of times, then it just gets to be a little bit more routine. Gotcha. Yeah. So and that's yeah. probably, obviously, you got to start with an idea. 
you got to have some inspiration yeah. and an idea that makes sense. Totally. So in terms of the actual tools that you use though, like right. what's, well, what's... Of course, we have to go to paint first. And I use, if we're doing watercolor paints, I use Winsor & Newton, the professional watercolor paint. Mm-hmm. I like them the best because they are, well, they're very, very popular. They're always in every art store <laughs> that you go to. And um, they are high quality without being over, over, overly expensive. Um, and the pigment is quite high so that you only have to use a little bit, which is always nice. And um, the texture is very smooth. I've noticed with um, less expensive, non-professional grade or student grade paints, oftentimes I'll run into they, they're quite like a bit more chalky and after the they've been sitting there for a little bit they kind of get weird residue and stuff so that's uh, that's not really great when you're trying to do a watercolor. So that would be one of the first things is to get some good paint and you don't need a ton of colors. I like I'm trying to ex always expand my collection slowly but if you Remember your color theory and can mix paint. You can make pretty much whatever you want. So get some of your basics on your color wheel and maybe a cool version and a warm version and you're pretty well good to go. Now what about, um, what's that show? What's that show we were watching? That, that art show, that find? Oh, darn it. You always remember the name. I always forget it. It's like something or... Oh, that show. something or fortune. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, fake or fortune. Fake or fortune. Fake or fortune. Oh, yeah. And one of the things I oh, noticed that so is that um, a lot of the very famous painters, yeah. like, they use Windsor and Newton professional paints. Yes, they did. But we're talking about, uh, I mean, Windsor and Newton's a big company. They, they were talking about oils in that instance, but yeah. Right, right. But Which is still. also... One of my favorite mediums. Kind of cool nonetheless. <laughs> yes, it's, they've been around for a very long time. Back to Renoir and Degas days. <laughs> so... That got... show's on Netflix, by the way. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a good show. Um, so we've got inspiration um, and paint? then paint. Obviously. What we... would be your... So we're gonna have eight things, but what would be That's your good. what would be your third? Brushes, of course. We're not doing finger painting unless you want to. I mean, you can give it a try. It could be cool. <laughs> it yeah, could be something new. You make something new. Um, but I use uh, usually use mostly sable brushes, um, and I have also used um, a Chinese calligraphy brush, um, which is interesting. Which takes a little bit more. There's a certain skill to it, which I haven't mastered, but I'm working on it. Um, so again, professional grade, of course, is always nicer. It's not necessary, but you do notice a difference. And again, it doesn't have to be top of the line professional quality, but it is, yeah. If, if you can spend a couple of dollars on it, then it, it does make a difference. <laughs> how much, how, like, what are we talking about here? How much does like a, a good brush or set oh, of brushes cost? I haven't bought any in a while. It can cost, you know, $20, $30. For one brush? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. But it's not like you need very... Uh, you need a, a few, but it's, but they last You if you take care of them. There's also... Um, 
You can find a really good tutorial on YouTube too about how to care for your brushes and wash them. Um, it's not hard, but I did use my good shampoo <laughs> mm. and very carefully wash them and clean them just to keep them really nice. And they'll last you for years and years and years. So it is a good investment. And the sable brushes, well, again, with these professional grade ones, they, they're not going to shed, so you're not going to get bristles all over your page or, again, your, your brush isn't going to, you know, only last a short amount of time. Just whatever you do, take care of them. Don't leave them in the water. Dry them off. Um, and, you know, that should help you maintain them for a while. Perfect. And these, oh, and they also keep their shape a lot nicer. They don't fray. They always go back to their natural pointed shape, which is rather important. Right. Okay. So there you go. That's brushes. Brushes. What would be paper. next? Paper. We gotta draw on some paper. Um, I like uh, cold press paper because I do like the texture, and um, but I will say I have been painting on this these this uh, paper lately and it's only 140 pounds and I'm not liking that because it's too light. Um, I've noticed that my paints don't absorb quite as much into the paint sometimes or into the paper. Sometimes it just sits on the top a little bit too much, a little bit too long for me. So I'm going to actually not buy that paper again and get a heavier grade, maybe a 300 pound. Um, but I, yeah, I do prefer a little bit of texture. I think it gives a more, well, when you think of watercolor, you think of that little bit of texture, not too sleek, a little bit more handmade, handcrafted sort of look. Of course, there's handmade paper, but that's a lot more expensive, and I just can't be doing that all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my favorite paper. So there's hot press and cold press. Hot press would be really flat and really smooth, and the cold press has a... A more grainy or waffly texture, texture to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's my preference. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So yes, paper very important. All right. So once you have that all ready, yeah, you got go. your paint, your brushes, your paper. I mean, really, what more do you need? Well, and your inspiration. And your inspiration. So once I have my inspiration, I've drawn a sketch of it. So then, what I do is I like to use a light table. I've had this light table for. Oh gosh, probably about 20 years. <laughs> Still haven't even had to replace the, the light bulb. Wow. I know, pretty good. Don't make them like they used to. I really don't. And so what I do is I take my, my sketch and I put it on the light table and then I'll put my watercolor paper over top and trace very, very, very lightly because I don't really like a lot of pencil lines. I'll trace as lightly as I can with my lightest pencil and um, put my image on there. So... I have an idea of what I'm painting. That's obviously if I'm doing something a little bit more structured. If I'm doing leaves or something a little more freeform or just having fun, and, or then I won't even draw anything on. I'll just just paint, paint. right away. Yeah. yeah. But if I'm doing something more specific, okay, and structured. Yeah. Very cool. So that's six what would right. or five or six i can't remember what we're on now but what would be next in terms of the tools for making watercolors that you can't live without well next i would after i've painted my painting mm -hmm. <laughs> i would then take it and i would i take a picture of my um of my work of my watercolor um i would scan it 
And I think that's a great way to go. I just don't have a really good scanner at the moment. It's yeah, not very good for photos or pictures, but my camera is really good. So it takes really high resolution photos. So that seems to work best at the moment. What you wanna make sure is you have a minimum of 300 DPI when you are scanning or taking a photo so that you get print quality work. So you definitely need one of those. You can do it with your phone, but I know my phone, it's only 72 DPI and that's just not gonna cut it for mm. what we're doing. So that's pretty much it. That's how you obviously take your work and make it digital. Right. Yeah. And then from there, my next thing would be to use, um, well, actually, I was going to say Photoshop, but normally I put it into, um, I use my iPad Pro next. Okay. Now, this is a very expensive tool. Everything up until now has rel been relatively budget-friendly-ish. Well, well, not the cameras. Cameras expensive. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but... The iPad Pro is a, a hefty, hefty little chunk of change, but um, obviously I'll say this, I did not buy this just for this purpose. Right. <laughs> Don't go and yeah. buy it just for this one reason. Um, obviously, I love to use it to, to draw and paint on Procreate and whatnot. So um, that's the main purpose, but it is fantastic for removing the background of my watercolor images, so removing the paper behind um, because I, you can do it in Photoshop. It's absolutely possible. And one day I will show a tutorial on both ways to do this. Um, and if you have a stylist, it can, and like a, you know, a tablet stylist thing, like a Wacom tablet, it can work, um, well in Photoshop as well. But what's even better is putting in Procreate and just erasing the background with your eraser brush tool. And... And it's your just Apple Pen or whatever. And my Apple Pencil in Procreate. So that, to me, has just been such a great thing because I can be really way more accurate and specific and just kind of get the textured edge that I want or how what kind of look I want. Because the problem is you're probably asking, why can't you just go in Photoshop and do background erase or, you know, the background eraser? But you'll find that oftentimes that will erase too much of your image because you might have, obviously with watercolors, oftentimes you have a lot of white or you've left white and it'll take that out and make it just not what you want at all. So it doesn't work well. So you want to be able to go around and trace. It's a tedious, tedious and time consuming <laughs> mm. thing that it's not the greatest, but, um, but procreate in your Apple Pencil and has made it, it's a lot, I find it just way more accurate. Right. And easier to do, because I can't possibly do that on a trackpad and with my finger. Yeah, that would be <laughs> Using tough. the pencil is a lot easier. So that's been a great help, great tool. And, and what else? Well, then I will take it into Photoshop. And that's a great place to um, do any color balancing, if you've had any you know, issues just to make sure that, you know, your color is the way you want it to do to be. Um, sometimes I will, here's a little tip. I will copy the layer and multiply, uh, set the layer settings to multiply and decrease the opacity to about 20% maybe. And that just gives it a little bit more depth and vibrance that you might have lost when you scanned it or 
or did on um, took a photo up on the camera. Um, so that sometimes helps. And then again, just cropping your image and you know doing the usual stuff to prep your file for distribution to making it a PNG and and yeah, anything else you need to do to tweak it. Make it look pretty professional. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that is um, that is pretty amazing. So you've really covered your your tools and your process. Is there anything else you would say or add or tips or tricks or? I'm trying to think. That was pretty much my general process of going through everything. Oh, I think, you know, what I have been doing, I just was doing it today. I do take all, once I've done a collection of, if you're doing multiple, um, multiple pieces to go in a collection. So say I have, you know, a handful of roses and a handful of leaves and I'm putting them all together. I will put them all in one document just to see how the color balance is working out. I just want to make sure everything is coordinating and stuff and then I'll go and tweak the hue or saturation on each individual file just to make sure they're all harmonious. Yeah. And that's Photoshop is great for that too. So yeah, just how they all work together, not right. just individually. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was great. I don't think there's anything else. Where can people where can people find you? They can find me, of course, at prettylittlelines.com. And you're welcome to email me anytime. I love to chat. And I'm also at pretty.little.lines on Instagram. And uh, there's a Facebook page. It's also Pretty Little Lines. Yep. <laughs> yep. And you can also sign up on her website. But for your mail list, and what do people get for being on your they mail get list? Watercolor arrows. Nice. And more treats. Well, should I say it's like it's a surprise? Well, what else don't you get? Give There's it all more out. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> There's sure. lots of free goodies, so I'm, I'm would love it if you guys went and go and grab those because they're lots of fun to add to your collection of clip art. Awesome. Well, yeah, feel free to contact me at any time. I'd love again. to answer questions or say hi. Yeah, that's cool. So, I guess. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So well, I hope everybody has a great week. Yes. And I will try and have a great week. You do that. You I'll do see too. you around. <laughs> I'll see you around next week, maybe. <laughs> where we will talk about more to do with art. graphic <laughs> illustrations and art and artisans and their art. Artisans and their art and the entrepreneurial spirit. And the entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit of solopreneurship. There you go. Well, it's a dual. Dualpreneurship? Dualpreneurship. <laughs> yeah. Partnerpreneurship. I don't even know. That's weird. That is weird. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.